0: Welcome to the Genuine Gals Podcast, where we talk about real shit in a fun way. Just two gal pals talking about life like we're out to lunch. Let's get into it.
1: Hello, welcome everyone. This week, we are going to do another interview with a lifelong friend of ours, Kate Camp. We're going to explore what it means to be a genuine gal, get some her of her perspective on life in general, and we're excited for y'all to join us. Let's get into it. All right, welcome, welcome, Kate. Thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Yes, thank, yeah, thank you. you.
1: All right, so we'll go ahead and get started with a quick introduction if you want to share anything you would like about yourself, and then we can dive into our deep and meaningful conversation.
2: <laughs> awesome. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Kate Tischelkamp. I am a nonprofit fundraiser by trade. Um, I have worked in nonprofit my entire adult life and in kind of the philanthropy fundraising space for the last um, decade or so. I love my work. I'm extremely passionate about it. Um, It's a really core part of who I am. So you'll hear me talk a lot about it, I'm sure. Um, But that's certainly not all that I am. I Mm -hmm. am a, a daughter. I'm a sister. I'm an aunt. I'm a friend. Um, I'm an INFP, I'm an Enneagram 3, I'm an Aquarius, Um, I'm a reader, I'm a writer. Um, I live in St. Louis. I was born and raised just about two hours west of here, um, but kind of lived all over the place in my 20s and moved back here um, just about eight years ago. So I've lived here for quite a while now. I really love the Midwest, love the city here. Um, feel really deeply invested here as well. So um, I love being a St. Louisian. Uh, (laughs) What else? Gosh, that's okay. So living in Northern Arizona, that's where I met Gail. We worked together there for six years. Um, I think I had been working there for like two months when they hired Gail and she was what, 18, 19, (laughs) something like that. I was maybe 24, 25. So we really kind of grew up together, kind of, you know, lived through the trenches there and, and you know, really became fast friends. Um, I, I would say family, like I think we've had this really cool connection ever since then. Um, I really just feel like we're going to be friends for life. And it's been this really sweet, you know, kind of fun um, relationship over the years. And then Cammy, I think we probably met there as well. We did. Um, although Impact. really got to know each other through Gail yes. over the years, staying in touch that way. Um, yes. and we Gail also lived in St. Louis with me for a while as well. So we've got a lot of history here that uh we can share as we go along. So
0: that's me. So frame of reference, just so our audience kind of knows what area and stage of life you are at, what is your age? So they all kind of know. Yeah, I'm 38,
2: just about to be 39.
0: Perfect. Love. And are you loving this point of life? What's your, what's your take? Yeah,
2: I am. I am. I think, you know, I, I think a lot about who I am today compared to who I was at different points in my life. Um, because I, you know, I think I always knew as you age, like, obviously you're going to gain wisdom. You're going to learn things. You're going to grow. You're going to change. You're going to become different people over your life. Uh, But I don't think I ever realized, like now looking back, how significantly I can categorize my life into different Mm. eras, right? Mm. Like, I feel like I can look at these really specific times of my life and be like, okay, that is when I lived here and did this, and I was this person, And Mm -hmm. that is when I lived here and did this and I was this other person. Um, And even though like there are these very different swings as I go through life, like Mm -hmm. I feel like what I've learned as I've gotten older and older is how deeply I can be myself in every area of that. Like how Mm -hmm. much I carry who I am and my kind of genuineness, my authenticity, through my life as well. So even though the circumstances can look very different, um, it's really fun to be at a place today where I feel like, no, I'm really grounded in who I am and what I bring to the table. And so even though my life can feel very different from era to era, I know who I am in that. And that's been a really cool process to get to. So, you know, and I'll say too, like just the simple things of like, I'm grounded in my career. I'm like at a place where, you know, I feel like I've really hit my stride and am able to like, you know, do the work that I want to do and not have to fight so hard um, to be in a position I want to be in or to be able to do the work that I want to do. Um, you know, I'm I'm in a healthy financial place. I'm in a state like I own my home. Like there's all these things that feel so much more like stable and grounded, um, which feels really
0: cool. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to keep going with a couple questions. Um, so one, what would be like the biggest piece of advice you would give your younger self?
2: Mm. Mm. I think it would be to do the work to ground myself in who I am much earlier. You know, Mm. I think it's very, you know, it's a very natural thing to like uh, adjust yourself to the environment you're in or to try to assimilate or try to you know uh, temper parts of yourself to please the people around you things like that um but that always felt gross to me and i wish mm-hmm. i had you know kind of listened to myself more in that and been willing to you know just say who cares <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna oh end up where I need to end up, and I don't need to worry so much about whether or not this is working and these people love me and you know whatever really. the thing is.
0: Well, yeah, that just answered my question too. I was gonna ask you like, do you feel like you have that desire? Like, what was what was kind of going on? Because I can definitely relate to that too, very much. Of like, oh my gosh, I I feel like there was always a pull in two directions and it was just like, which one do you kind of go towards? And depending on the ebb and flow of the day or the months, the year of like, which one you would choose kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, well, along those similar lines, but more so looking towards the future, what kind of, you know, if you you're feeling grounded, you're feeling stable right now, what, you know, not that you need to, because yeah. I think that also, living day-to-day is perfect, right? Mm-hmm. Hopefully we can do that. A lot of people are successful in that. I, however, am not. So I wonder if, are you a forward thinker? Um, what do you see for yourself Do you have a desire for more or are you just super content with where you're at? Mm. Great
2: question. Um, I am a forward thinker for sure. I am a pretty driven person. I, I always want to be kind of looking at like, you know, what do I do to take things to the next level? And as much as I am talking about like how beautiful it is to be really settled and to feel very, you know, content and, yeah. and in where I am, I also, the other part of my personality is that I am like a hugely independent person <laughs> that if I think about like, I'm going to live in St. Louis for the rest of my life and like do this work and th- that really stresses me out. So I kind of always have this like, well, I don't know, a year from now I could be living in Indonesia. Like, who knows?
0: Love (laughs) that. Yes.
2: That's very much a core part of of who I am. And um, I I need that freedom and kind of what I'm envisioning and thinking of for the future. I need to always like have space to just do something totally uh, out of character because I do really like to respond to like what opportunities come up. Like, I do feel like I'm a pretty intuitive person. And so when an opportunity comes to me, I feel like I've always had this, like, yes, that's the right moment. This is what I'm going to go do now. Mm. And so I always want to leave space and be open to that. But again, what I'm grounded in is taking my full self with me wherever I go. So
0: have you always been that way? Or did you like learn how to do that along the way? Mm. I think it's a mix of both.
2: I think I have always been someone who cares deeply about authenticity um, in my relationships and yeah. in myself. Yeah. So I've, I've always felt like, okay, I know who I am and I want to be this person. But early on in my, you know, when I was younger, I definitely felt like you know, I set that aside more in order to yeah. kind of appease the people around me to try mm-hmm. to play whatever game totally. um, I needed to play to be loved, to be successful, whatever that is. That's not always a bad thing. Like sometimes we do have to play the game, Yeah. Um, but, but that piece of, you know, kind of valuing authenticity and my relationships and myself, that's always been a core part of who I am. And I've, I've learned much more how to do that in a way that's healthy and my relationships and for yeah. myself and all of that.
0: Do you feel like there was a pivotal moment where mm-hmm. you kind of realized mm, that's no longer serving me or like that way of thinking is no, no longer for me or something like that, you know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. There's been a couple big moments, um, you know, I think when I left Arizona was a huge turning point for me. Um, I, you know, really felt like I was in this, I was really fighting for something there. I felt like I was fighting for community and this life that I had built for myself and this thing that I, you know, kind of thought that I wanted um, Mm -hmm. in, in my relationships and in my life in general. And so when I left there, it was a really big turning point just in life, in general um, and so it it did make me really look at like okay what am i taking with me like mm-hmm. i'm making some big changes in kind of what my life looks like yeah. so who who am i as i move forward and i do feel like in a lot of ways in that moment i really swung the other direction on a lot of things like one good example is um, my like work in Arizona, like my work and my social life were totally, totally. <laughs> overlapped. Like awesome. they were one and the same yeah. <laughs> and, and completely. And so, you know, and that actually was really painful then when I left to like, yeah. feel like, Oh my God, my whole life is being taken from me in some right. sense. And so, you know, when I moved to St. Louis, I was very like, you know, I got along with my colleagues, but I was like, No we're not friends. We're colleagues. We're not like there is all, we are separate. That is 100%. I am not bringing myself to work. Like I come here to work and that is all I do. And so, you know, those were two extremes where like, now I do feel like I've landed in this place in the middle that is much healthier. We're like, I actually love my colleagues. I spend my entire day with them. So like, I want to like them. I want them to know about me and you know, who I am and, and I want to know them. Um, but I also have a whole life outside of that as well. And that's really important and valuable too. So it is kind of this like swing back and forth that I feel like, all right, how are we getting (laughs) to the middle ground?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, life is a great experiment, right? Of Mm -hmm. testing and feeling out like, okay, that works for me. That didn't work for me. And like, I think when we're like the stage that you're talking about in Arizona, especially like being in your twenties and like Mm -hmm. Really feeling out life, we're so impressionable to the sense of, like, oh, that's what it should be like. I want that. And then, I mean, we were surrounded by these really, really co- seemingly cool adults, right? That were living this life with kids in this really cool environment. And it made you think, wow, it's attainable. I could do that. I could do this forever. And mm-hmm. you're like, Okay, let's go. Like, let's do it. And then you kind of get in it and you're like, am I sure? Am I being brainwashed? I'm not really sure. But like that, that thought is like, total- maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, but I remember feeling this way once I got out of it of like, whoa, that was like one way of living. There's a bazillion other ways of living. And yeah, you're, it's like you had rose colored glasses on almost. And they were like taken off once you move of like, whoa, I'm really glad that I get to like experience all these different ways of living because while well, that one was cool, I want to figure it out for myself kind of thing. Is that kind of accurate? That's how I felt.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I don't like look back at that time with any kind of bitterness or any, in fact, I, I look same, same. at a lot of like <laughs> celebration and love. Like I, yes. so many of my close friends, I had amazing experiences. Like yes. I love that. That's how I spent my twenties and there was totally so agree. Sorry back.
0: if brainwashing was like a very strong yeah. word.
2: <laughs> um, but I do, you know, one thing that I think has been so important into my thirties is like really actively seeking diversity in yeah. my life. Um, you know, in, in so many different ways, like I do not want to be around a homogenous group of people. I don't want, you yeah. know, the influences in my life to be um, all one thing or one exactly. culture or one, you know, one type of personality, whatever it is. Um, and so I, I have really put a lot of, you know, emphasis and effort on like, how do I seek more diversity in, in what's influencing me across the board. And that has been so incredible um, especially coming out of a, a world that was pretty homogenous and uh, my entire life like I grew up in the middle of Missouri <laughs> you know like it was pretty yeah. you know uh <laughs> pretty one note in how I grew up so um, it's been really cool to like see how impactful that's been to just like open my worldview in so many different ways. Um, it's really helped me again on that journey of authenticity, like really, uh, weed out like, okay, what was taught? What was, Mm -hmm. you know, something that I just learned because this was the culture I grew up in or the culture I was living in. Um, and you know, how can I, you know, find what, what is really me
1: at the core?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Such a good point. Mm -hmm. Gail, I don't wanna see all the questions, so.
1: Oh my gosh, you're killing it with the questions.
0: There are already <laughs> questions that I would ask anyways, but no, I, I, I wanna zero in
1: on um, the you, the stability of your character, right? The stability mm-hmm. of your core throughout change in your environment, change in your job, change in your relationships. Mm-hmm. You just always seemed so stable so for people that maybe have a little bit more instability like like what do you think it takes to have that kind of stability in your 20s and then because you're also flexible with change and it doesn't take you out like I really want to pull on that because I don't know if everybody has that yeah
2: well it's hard work I mean I'd like to say that I just you know am am who I am and I'm so grounded in that and you know nothing can shake me but that's not the case Um, and I think about that a lot in kind of how I've shown up at work. Um, I, I always laugh at like the way that people view me at work like if you found one of my colleagues and brought them on this podcast today versus, you know, someone I worked with in my 20s, I think they would describe totally different people, because of just how I have learned to approach people in a work space. But I myself am not that different. <laughs> like, I, at my core, I do not feel that different. And so I have to really like, parse out this work of, you know, it, it is difficult to first know yourself, right like that is work you have to really examine like what have what messages have i received what messages am i receiving today what have i grown up with what have i learned over the years what has society told me and really parse out like whether or not those things are are real, whether or not that's influencing you and how you approach things. Um, But then you also have to be vulnerable enough once you know that person, once you know that authentic self, like you have to be vulnerable enough to bring that person into every space. Mm -hmm. And so even though I, I feel, I do feel like I've always kind of known who I am, like that is kind of an inherent piece of myself. And I've always been someone who wants to do that work, who wants to like dig into okay, why, why am I feeling like, you know, I shouldn't speak up in this meeting when I do have an opinion or why am I feeling like, you know, insecure right now or whatever the thing is that I'm experiencing. I've always wanted to explore those things, but then to bring that self, that is like a whole nother challenge that can be really difficult. And I think, you know, our experience together, I've always felt very safe with you. Like that's, we've had a really wonderful, lovely relationship over the years. And so I think I have probably been able to bring my full self in a way, um, that I maybe don't do everywhere because I, I find myself examining that a lot. You know, are you being, are you bringing every, every bit of yourself here? Are you, you know, uh, holding yourself back. So those are, I, I, I don't know if that's a concise answer <laughs> to what you're asking. Cause it's a very complicated
1: short yeah. to it's figure out. Thing. Yeah. Well that I think maybe more so the, to me, it sounds courageous, mm. right? Yeah. You not only know yourself, but you've accepted it and then you present it and then you're willing to shed the perceptions that don't align with acceptance, you know, that, mm. What is called integrating yourself? That's what it's called. You've integrated it, and that means you know your bad stuff too, right? Right. Well,
0: I think the other piece of that pie is a little bit of what you said is also the goal, right? So, like, as we experience things, we want to take in data like that went well or that didn't go so well. Why didn't that go well? Okay, great. I'm going to change that next time. So, the fact that you said if you interviewed someone that you interacted with at work when you were 24 versus now it would be too different. I, I would say that's the goal, right? Like mm-hmm. I would hope that I have changed so much within that, that period of time in my work self to be able to be a more professional version and be able to handle d- similar situations back then now with more grace and more, um, you know, whether that's authority that you're going for or whatever, you know? And so I think there's a lot of positive in there of like, that's life, right? Like, I think I talk to my mom all the time of like, well, what, what tell me, like speak some wisdom, you know? And she's like, I still feel like my 20 year old self, but I'm in a 60 year old body and I've just learned a lot, you know? And it's like, that's the thing. Like i I think we all can say once we, you know, continually age, it's like, I just hope that I've learned something Mm -hmm. and I can look back and say, never going to make that mistake again because of X, Y, and Z outcome or what have you. So I think everything you're saying is totally positive and also affirming. Like, Mm -hmm. I know I'm learning and like, also just affirming, like, cool. Okay, cool. We're on the, we're on the right path. Like we're all, we're all, this isn't like a big, unsolvable math equation. It's something that like, we're all, I say this all the time. We're, I'm not on the Truman show. I'm not Truman. Like I, we are in it together. We're all experiencing maybe not the exact same thing, but similar things. And we just need to know we're not alone, Mm -hmm. still struggle with the purpose. Would love to know what your thoughts are on the purpose of it all. Like spending 40 plus hours a week at a job, obviously that you love, but also like, what the hell, man? Like, what, why? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, what? Well, I would love to know your thoughts on that. Cause I struggle with it probably three times a month. And I'm like, why if
1: anyone knows it's Kate. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's about some knowledge. Cause I need it.
2: <laughs> I do. I, you know, uh, to me, the work piece is about, uh, impact. Right, like my deepest drive yeah. at my core is to have an impact on the world, on the community that I'm. That's you know, what
0: I always come back to. That public. is, yeah, yeah, that's-
2: yes. And so that to me, like I have found this really sweet spot where I feel like the work I'm doing has that impact. And especially as I move, you know, forward in my career, I'm able to accomplish some things that I'm really proud of. Like I can really point to things and see where where yeah. I've been able to do that and and to do that in collaboration with people, like that is a really high value of mine too. I want to empower, I want to equip, I want to bring people along on that journey. And so when I'm really in a sweet spot at work where I feel like I've got a team that is, you know, high performing, that we're getting something done, that we're like agreed on the mission. Um, that we're working towards, like, that is just so life-giving to me that, you know, it doesn't, it, it's still work. (laughs) Like, it's not like I show up every day, like, you know, eager to go or whatever. Um, And I, I've learned a lot about how to do that in healthy ways over the years. But when I've, when I've been able to really like hone in on those pieces, that has been when I feel like you know, why would I not show up and do this work? Like this has deep meaning and purpose to me.
0: Well, okay. So it sounds like to me you're talking about fulfillment, so you feel fulfilled. So let's take it one step further than like, okay, impact on the world, surrounding area at large, Mm -hmm. take it like one step further. Why? Like, do you, what, what's in your brain? Like the further thing, like, I don't know take that for what it is, or if you've ever thought of that, of like,
2: I think it, I think it is about legacy at some level. You know, I think we are all looking for ways to like leave our stamp on the world. You know, I think a lot of people get that through children or through, you know, I, I don't know other, other ways that they look for that legacy. Mine really is. I feel like in my work, like I just, And I, I think there was a lot of times where I felt like, oh, that's unhealthy. Like I shouldn't care so much about my work. Like I should, you know, have work-life balance, whatever that means. Um, And I, I just, in the last like several years have come to this place where I'm like, no, this is what matters to me. Like, this is where I feel like I am kind of leaving my stamp and where I do have an impact. And so I can't, and I don't want to just like set that aside or minimize it because you know I'm I'm not supposed to be that career driven or I'm not yeah. supposed to you know uh, like focus on my work so much um, because that's what people are telling me I should be doing yeah so, um, and and I think a lot of that one word that pops up for me a lot and as we've been having this conversation so much of it for me is about power. Like it is about whether or not I have control of my life. It, that word comes with like some bad uh connotations, oh. but but it is this like I need to feel like I have a sense of who I am and am, you know, strong in what I'm doing and can, you know, really influence the world that I'm living in. Um mm-hmm. and so I do think like being powerful in my work, being able to like you know, have success. There is a part of that, like really feeling like I'm, I'm doing this, (laughs) like it's in my
0: power. So yeah. Control. Well, I think there's something to be said about there's so much shit that goes on in this world. Right. Mm -hmm. And I know there are times where if you were to ask me and be like, there's nothing I can do about it. Like I, 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 if I were focused on it, I'd crawl in a hole and just never come out. Right. And so I think that there's if what I'm hearing you say is like, listen, if I can have even the slightest bit of impact to make the world 0.5% better in my lifetime, then that's enough. Like I just want to, I want to make my mark in as big of an impact and as big of a way that I can, and I'll be satisfied.
2: Is that kind of like a good summary? Yes. That's a much better way to frame the power piece of it. Like I want to I see these you know uh you know big injustices in the world or yeah. other things that are happening and I I want to be able to influence that like I want to feel like I can have an impact that all of us can and need so need to be I be able like one to do of those work on that. yeah
0: yeah you need to be one of those people that's like a good politician Well, but then also have a really good therapist at the uh, same time. Yeah, exactly.
2: That's the that <laughs> thing. I love, I love politics. I actually like really uh, the work of government, I think is very important. I get, get can fairly, amazing. very fired up about it if we want to, um, but I never want to run for something. <laughs> that's the, that's the problem.
0: <laughs> oh, and that's like, that's what all, all people that are in like your seat and in right, right in the middle that are like. They've got everything you've got going on, they all say the same thing, yeah, that same exact sentence. And I'm like, oh, that's such a shame because if we could just get all those people in a room and say, we're gonna take over and we're gonna, you know, actually make this something like, then it could work. But because you feel like you're the only one, yeah, well, that's that's
2: something about working in nonprofit too that I think has um, become really a a passion point for me is that there are brilliant leaders working in nonprofit. Like there is no one closer to the needs of a community than the nonprofit community. And so like the people that I have met and the philanthropists that support that as well, like that is really because we have, um, you know, such, I don't know, I don't want to get too too heated, too political on this, but because there's, you know, such a division in our political life, like oftentimes the nonprofit world is really where these needs are being met. And so there are just like brilliant leaders yeah. there who are solving serious issues. Um, and that's, you know, that's really motivating to me. So I feel like I get a lot of that in the work that I'm doing and not even just in the work that I'm doing, but in the community that I'm part of in the nonprofit
0: world. See that impacts that makes sense to me. And that's always made sense to me, by the way, not that this is all about me, but I want to like frame up why I asked these questions is yeah. because that was, I've had this struggle of a question since I was very young, mm-hmm. very, very young. And like, I always thought nonprofit work would solve all my problems of mm-hmm. like, that makes so much sense. I'm going to pour all of my time, effort and energy into helping people. I did that. I went into it. And then I was like, shit, there's no money here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, my selfish self kicked in and was like, well, I can make an impact. And like my reasoning was, well, I can impact the people around me by the people I work with in corporate America. And like mm-hmm. I can be that kind light that's in corporate America where I still have a soul. Yes. And then I did it and I, lost my soul a little bit. And so it just, you know, it's like this process and I'm like, you know, not that you, not every soul in corporate America is lost, but I do think that it wears on you. Mm -hmm. And so I love the nonprofit space for the impact that it can make. But I also think it's just this sometimes, um, not thankless, but more so in the sense of like, not all the times, and now this isn't true of every single nonprofit, but they don't always treat their people very well, and their retention is definitely lower because of the amount that they pay. Yeah, uh, well, they're not fortunate.
2: Yeah, they're not resourced the way that they need to be to make the right. impact that we ask of them. Right. And so that's where the specifically the fundraising space is really powerful for me. Like to feel like I I get to provide that resource or have an impact on finding that resource because I, if our nonprofits were, you know, had the revenue stream of our corporations, like the world would be (laughs) beautiful (laughs) because there are so many people who have put up with, you know, 20 years of, (laughs) you know, pain in in nonprofits being overworked and underpaid. And, you know, maybe now they're at a space when they're in a leadership position where they're being paid well. Um, but you know, it you have to make it through all yeah. of that to get but there. But even
0: then it's not apples to apples, it's right. very no. apples to oranges, positions to position. You're yeah, like so it it breaks my heart. But I also think now this is gonna be a bit of a heavy statement. I may of like there are plenty of corporations also that are like, well, I need to look good, so I need to donate. And yeah. like I think that there's a way to everyone to kind of partner together to be able to like make it some like seamlessly work truthfully like what I find in the philanthropic
2: space whether this is for corporations or for you know wealthy individuals for foundations like everyone has an impact that they're trying to make True, right? like they have something that they're trying to accomplish with a corporation right. a lot of times it is tied to what they're Producing or what they do in the community or in the world. Um, And so, you know, it's finding those values and aligning them with organizations that are making that impact and resourcing them. So they can be much more peaceful way of
0: saying it.
2: Yeah. Well, they can can be very beautiful partnerships. You know, Mm -hmm. when you can find that thing that's like, okay, yeah, this is really good for you all, (laughs) but it's also like making a big impact. Like that can be a really, really beautiful thing and can create a lot of energy and excitement and new programming and, um, or funding, funding existing programming. That's my, that's my, uh,
0: (laughs) you've got my my tingly senses going and I feel like we need to connect offline because I just like want to talk to you about all of those things and this could be like a whole another
1: conversation (laughs) I I do so I do think that your like leadership uh standard and the way that you act that out is actually rather scalable and Mm -hmm. that comes through the grace that you have with corporations whereas maybe other people adopt more of a you know negative perspective Mm -hmm. and I wondered too about the environment of St. Louis because that was very different than Arizona Mm -hmm. and it was like a fire living there for me burning off the things that no longer serve me right adjusting my perspective and then moving back out west at any time I, I interacted with someone who had a very limited perspective that was kind of tinged with bitterness and resentment And, oh, I know how to fix the world kind of ideology. I was like, in my head, they should go live in St. Louis because there's something that some of the nonprofits there, there's a lot of nonprofits, so I'm not going to speak for all of them, but I worked for a couple too, and you worked for several. Mm -hmm. And there was something, some kind of perspective there of we work across the aisle. We're not going to demonize the people the Republicans and the Democrats or whatever. Right. Oh yeah. We're not going to demonize corporations because they're capitalists. Right. Like there's some sort of grace. And I see that play out too in the way that you lead people. Mm. Right. Like here's a different, here's a different and encouraging way to grow our team and reinforce ourselves. Right. So there's that granular piece to you and, and the people that you lead, but then like also the bigger piece to the the relationships and uh, stakeholders that you have to maintain relationships with can you talk about all of that <laughs> yeah yeah well i think that's really insightful about
2: st louis as a community um because it, you're kind of forced to uh welcome all perspectives in a lot of ways like there this is like you know uh a very Liberal city okay. in the middle of a very conservative state yeah. and those things overlap very closely you're not going to like walk about your life without <laughs> meeting people with different perspectives and you so in order to do anything you have to be able to navigate those different spaces so I do think that that's you know something that is kind of a community value here and being able to to well or er, maybe even people don't really love it, but you have to do it. (laughs) Like it just is what it is. Um, And I, I do, I appreciate you saying that about uh, my leadership. Like I, I think that that's something that I really value. Like I do want people to bring themselves and that comes directly from not feeling like I had the grace or the space to do that Early in my career, and so you know, I learned a lot about leadership very early on in how I would want to approach that. I do think I'm a pretty like, you know, open person in general, anyway, and 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 want and allow people to be who they are. I I want to do that, um, but I also saw like how detrimental that was to work as well. Like people are not going to do their best work if they feel disempowered or they feel like, you know, on egg, they're walking on eggshells, they can't, they're not sure if they should do something or not, you know, all of that is just like the worst way to get good work out of people. So I think it is my priority to, you know, empower to let people approach their work the way they want to approach it to, you know, give good feedback and advice and have an open door and, you know, be willing to jump in wherever they need me. But I also, like really want people to have this space to, you know, to do what they think is best, and hire smart people and let them do their work. Like that's really what we're what we're getting to. So,
0: yeah. Well, how do you feel about mistakes when mm-hmm. people make mistakes? What yeah. are your-
1: can I piggyback on that? How do you tell the truth tactfully? Like yeah. how are you honest with people when you give them feedback and in regard specifically to when they make mistakes?
2: Yeah. Well, I. I think that's backed by the relationship that you have with the person. So if I have a power or like a positive empowering relationship with someone um, and I've, you know, done the work to tell them all the good things that I see them doing and, you know, to provide space for mistakes, then, then when I come and say, okay, well, we kind of missed the mark on that one, or let's talk about why that didn't work or you know, what do you think happened? Um, You know, any of those strategies I use, but it's, I think it's easy for them to take that from a place of like kindness and empowerment, already have that relationship established. And again, if you're going to provide space for people to innovate and to do their work, the way that they, to bring their strengths to the table, to do their work, the way that they want to do it, like there are going to be mistakes. So I think it's my job too, as a leader to parse out like, what is actually a mistake and what is just different than how I would do it? Because if it's just different than how I would do it, like, then I got to let that go. That's on me. Like I, I, and that, that can be really difficult. And in fact, I've like seen a lot of leaders like really, uh, fail (laughs) where they're just like they want you to do to read their mind and do it exactly how they would do it and it's just that's not that's not the environment I want to foster so that's what I try to stay focused on
0: applause to you woof let's how do we clone you (laughs) well I'm not I'm not perfect at it I know well no one's perfect but I mean like if every if every leader could adopt what you just said and granted, everyone comes to it in their own way, and you know the world goes round because everyone's different. I I understand that sentiment, and I believe in that sentiment. Um, but I guess all we can really do is become those leaders ourselves, and just hope that our our influence rubs off on others, right? Like that's really the hope I would say. Yeah. But um, yeah, what well, I mean, you said it beautifully. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, but well, no, I'll say
2: ahead. too that doesn't mean that like it always works like yeah, i totally. i've also you know people can end up in positions that are not the right fit for them and totally. so i have had to like walk through that with direct reports before and really you know uh, yeah parse through like this maybe is not a fit and you know maybe this is not a place where you can bring your strengths to the table so um yeah it it can be really complicated in that too. It doesn't, it doesn't just always mean like magical, everything's going great, but when it clicks, like then it's really,
0: really, I mean, you get people who then see that as a weak spot and want to take advantage of you as a leader. And then you're in this sticky situation or the flip side of just like, oh, they're so chill. Like I don't, you know, like all these different things. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of different ways it can play out for Mm -hmm. sure. How do you, how does that translate in your personal life? Like, do you feel like you're a similar person at work than you are as a friend? Are you, you know, do you have work Kate and friend Kate or what does that look like?
2: Yeah. Um, I think they definitely overlap a lot. Like, I think the same way that I want to like empower people at work. I, I want to empower my friends. Like I, nothing makes me happier than when I like, you know, see one of my friends really like taking on something or, um, accomplishing something, you know, taking a step that they, uh, want to take, taking a risk, whatever that might be. Um, I do get really, I think, I think I'm the friend who like, you know, will egg you on to do that and help you process through it and be there with you. Um, but, but there's also a lot of difference too. Like I, I am very aware, and this is, this is something I've had to parse out. Um, I'm very aware that like, I can be pretty in your face. (laughs) Like, you know, I can be pretty like, okay, okay, let's do this. And I'm going to drive towards whatever, like what, you know, I can bring my own stuff to that. And so, you know, I have, I have a lot of friends who are much more you know, they want to sit back, they want to think about things they want to like, you know, they value kind of the stability and the lack of risk and things more than I do. And so I have to really like parse out when to be myself and really like push in a way that I would, um, and when to just like sit back and let that, let that play out the way it is. So, um, I, yeah, I think, I think that's always a part of that, like, uh, formula, right? Is like, what is when is it more loving (laughs) to hold myself back a little bit in this interaction?
0: Yeah, well, in reading a room, right, or just like being intuitive enough to know that, like, okay, I can sense that they're not really ready to talk about that. Mm -hmm. I'll ask a general question, if you will. And if they give me enough to go on, then we'll keep going. And if they're like, one word answer then okay we'll we'll leave it at that and yeah. I'll ask about it when I see them next you know kind of thing yeah
2: yeah
0: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. cool Gail any threads there you want to pull up? so many <laughs> <laughs> um, well okay I guess the last one
1: that I'll leave this as the last one before our rapid fire questions but what do you Like, I've heard you mention a couple different personality traits that have come out, right? The psychological personality makeup um, in the disposition, accepting yourself, the courage, um, a little bit of disagreeableness to burn off. Like, okay, I don't need to accept your opinion about me if it doesn't work for me, you know? Um, And you said you were an INFJ, correct? INFP. INFP. Okay. Okay. INFP. I think I'm an INFJ. Um, I'm not really sure what the difference is.
0: Okay. <laughs> but, I is introvert. I know that. Yeah. I don't yes, know what the person J mean. I have no idea.
1: The analysis of it. I'm not entirely sure. There's like a whole yeah. report on, you know, yeah. what each of them means and your tendencies and stuff, but, um, that's changed for me over me too. Okay. Okay. I was an, I was an E for
2: a
0: long time. I was an really? extrovert
2: and became an introvert. Mm-hmm.
0: You want to know what happened. That's so interesting actually, but it also, I guess, kind of makes a little sense. Yeah. I I think it makes sense when I look back on my life. Like
2: I always say my twenties were like a world expansion time, (laughs) you know, like I lived all over the place. I met all of these people that I like love dearly. It was like more, 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 like, how do I, how do I expand? And then my thirties have been this like really a powerful like funnel back where you know it's been like, no, now I want to like narrow into I've met all these people, I've had all oh, these experiences. Now I want to yeah. narrow into like what is the core. Um and so that's been really, really beautiful. I don't know what my 40s will be. Like we'll see where I go next from that. But um yeah, I think that's been a real where that like E to I uh, journey is, is that like, yeah, now I am, I'm not trying to like go
1: out and meet
0: new
2: people all the time. I love yeah. being at my house. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh,
0: I feel that. Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. But my, so my um, question is more so professionally because you've mm-hmm. been pretty solid leader since I've known you, um, a mentor and you, have especially for young girls, young women, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that, you know, your current team also probably feels that way. And there's something about the individual relationship to that, but the fact that you can have a team of multiple people feel this cohesion. And so that's scalable, right? To me, that shows that your type of leadership style, your mentoring, your guidance style is scalable. And that's Mm -hmm. in the fruit of your team. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you, so what does it, so the, the personality characteristics that maybe it's male and female. I'm not really sure. I know there's differences on the spectrum of how men and women shake out, um, but we're more similar than we are different. Mm -hmm. So maybe the question of like how a a woman in leadership, Mm -hmm. how that personality makeup looks like and and what things to, you know, maybe develop and build. Um, So I don't want to necessarily feminize it too much, but you are a woman. And you're a very strong leader. So can you talk a little bit about those attributes? Yes. Well, I will say
2: being a woman in leadership is a, a very important point to make. Like it has been really difficult over the years in a lot of ways. Like early on in my career, like I had a, dir- a direct supervisor, like tell me to not talk so much in meetings that <laughs> it was you know, off putting to share my opinion so much and things like that. So I have really been navigating for my entire career. Like, how do I show up as the strong leader that I am? I I know that like, and I'm confident in that. And I, and it's life giving to me, like, it's such a core part of who I am to empower the people around me that like, I can't show up without that, or it's just miserable for me and so I want to lean into that I want to be good at it but it has not always been welcome like there has been a lot of times where I've had to really sit back and you know parse out what do people want to hear and when is it okay to do that and I think that is really integrally tied to being a woman in that space. Um, I don't think there's really any way to avoid that because it it is just opposite of what, you know, people kind of expect or want, um, from a woman in the workplace. So, so that has been really difficult to navigate. I do think, you know, I've, I've used that, um, to drive me and especially in kind of the organizations that I've worked for, Um, The last like 10 years, I've really been focused on organizations that serve women and girls. And so being able to like, you know, say, okay, well, this has been something that's been like really painful and hard to navigate. And so how do I use that to, you know, better my community, to empower the girls that are coming behind me? Like, I do think that that's really part of what drives that passion for me is feeling like I have had to um, hold back my own voice. A lot mm-hmm. over the years. Um, and so and and again, part an, another piece of that is age, right? Like the older I get, the more people are kind of willing to listen to me and let me lead. When I was 25 and trying to like show up in a leadership team meeting and give my opinion, that's when I got feedback to like pipe down, you know. Um so yeah, I think those are those are all really tied
1: together. I'm not sure I answered your question there. You did. There was a so, lot of yeah. layers. I think the the thing I was thinking more along the lines of is like the disagreeable, like the personality characteristics. Mm-hmm. So you definitely answered the question about like women in leadership, which yes. is, I think the more important answer, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like also for someone who's really agreeable, you yeah. know, like what, how do you, you know, like I don't know what what do you think the the actual like internal psychological makeup is and takes? Yeah, it takes bravery. It really does. That's
2: what people don't understand is that you know, you see a strong woman, and I think everyone just thinks, like, oh, they're just strong. Like, this is no problem. They they love to speak their mind. And every like powerful, strong woman that I know is like, okay, <laughs> internally doing this whole like, all right, okay, I'm gonna say the thing. <laughs> Okay. And I know people aren't going to like this, but I feel like I have to say it like there's this internal job yeah. to do yeah. it. So it does, you know, I, I think it does take that, that internal willingness to take a risk and willingness to be brave. Um, and I also think it's okay not to do that. Like, mm-hmm. I think there are times and spaces where you don't have the safety to be able to do those things. And so you can't, and that's okay. Like that does not make you less powerful. That's what's really important to understand is there are times where your power is welcome and there's times where it isn't. And that does not change how much power you actually have within you. So I think it
0: makes you more powerful to be able to discern that like, now is not the time really.
2: Right. Right. But it feels disempowering. Like the experience of it can feel like
0: It can, but I think you can use it to your advantage Um, when you change your perception of nope, not right now. You know, I I think it's how, oh gosh, I mean, I'm with you. It's happened to me plenty of exactly the situation you're describing. And I think that there's a lot of learning that can be done. It's like, I'm not trying to dampen your power. I'm trying to teach you that. And honestly, it's a lesson I wish a lot of people understood is like, let's backtrack. What's the goal of this meeting? What is the outcome that we're hoping for? Okay. Now track what should happen in the middle to be able to accomplish that goal. Okay. Now let me take what I have to say. Does it fit in or can this be a conversation with so-and-so on the side where we can decide together how it plays a part? Yeah, that's, That's power because you know, your impact is better suited and time is better suited on the side Mm -hmm. versus making a statement in a meeting and you're saving everyone else time that I, I see a puppet like being played right there. You know, like you have, you have the power to say that like, yep, my powers are going to be better suited over here.
2: Yes. Yes. And that is, that is definitely the area of growth right? Is being able to say like, how do I get what I need from people? I I have to be aware of myself. Like I, if I come at people with like the energy that I want to bring, if I'm like, you you know, I talk with my hands, I can get very (laughs) excited. Like that will really stress some people out, you know, to get what I need from them. I need to be like, okay, let's talk
0: through. What are you, what are, what are we thinking? Easy
1: girl. Whoa.
0: Um, well, okay. I, I have two rapid fire questions to add to the the mix. Gail, if you don't okay. mind. Should
1: we get into it? You can do your two and then I can follow up. Yeah. Okay. Rapid fire okay. question time.
0: Let's do it. <laughs> <Ready>? Okay. <laughs> One would be, do you have a mentor? If you do, why, if you don't, why not? Like okay. an older kind of friend or, you know, someone that you kind of turn to as the wiser you, if you will.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't have someone that I would say is like my life mentor. This is the person that I've, um, you know, identified and I'm going to stick with forever, but I do have really powerful mentors in several different spaces, um, especially professionally, um, but also in life. Like I, I do have some uh, women who are kind of farther along than me that I really look to, but um, it has been really cool in the professional world. The, I I find that especially older women kind of boomer generation women who have who have long careers are so eager to empower and to bring mm-hmm. women along um behind them so I'm I I like love looking to that and 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 then learning from that and trying to emulate that as well
0: do you have a mentee? like specifically at work or do you, I don't know if you, obviously you will crave that and, you know, kind of do that um, second nature, but do you have someone specific? Do you have like a.
2: I don't have anyone specific, but I, I do definitely have people that I'm pretty intentional about empowering oh. and meeting with.
0: Okay. So that was, those were STEM questions. So then yeah. my second one would be if you had your own nonprofit, what would be the Cause or oh, gosh. multiple that you would have. I feel like you have multiple, but maybe I'm wrong.
2: Yeah. Well, the things I'm most passionate about are are empowering women and girls. Mm-hmm. Certainly top of the list. Um, and that can look a lot of different ways. Both, you know, in crisis, I've worked with organizations that serve women later in life in crisis, and then I've worked with organizations that really um, serve girls and try to empower them early in their Mm -hmm. lives as well Uh, and I think both of those are extremely important Um, and then I'm actually starting a new job uh, (laughs) that I didn't even tell you all about (laughs) that is more of an arts focus organization so um, I, I really think like all of those things come together in the same space of just like developing healthy communities and allowing people to like show up and live in powerful ways in their community so that's Amazing. not a that's not a mission statement for a nonprofit. <laughs> but
1: no, but I the think, arts what is wow I need to know more I, I know. know well I'm you're gonna, gonna
0: have needed. to like yeah. stop the recording yeah. and talk yeah. more <laughs> wow so cool okay any follow-up questions Kimmy nope you got it Okay,
1: who do you admire oh okay
2: um I I'm going to choose my well okay a famous person or a person Does I matter. Know. doesn't matter okay it's an the characteristics it, the
1: why matters yeah, yeah yeah yeah.
2: okay I'm gonna choose uh Ruth Bader Ginsburg and the why is that obviously she's a very powerful woman. she's um you know did incredible things for her lifetime and really moved the needle on a lot of things that have a huge impact on people. But what I am always really struck by and try to learn from, from her is her like presentation, you know, she's like kind of, was like kind of diminutive in stature, not a super like loud or, you know, big personality, but she was so dogged and knowing what she knew was right and working towards that incrementally. And she was not going to be like swayed in that like I felt like she had a lot of power even if she you know wasn't someone you would necessarily think of in stature and in you know personality or whatever as a powerful person does that make sense yeah -hmm. yeah
1: presence was oriented and strong and yeah Mm -hmm. what is your favorite book
2: okay (laughs) So, uh I love to read. I'm a reader. Um but I'll pick my childhood favorite which was Up a Road Slowly by Irene Hunt. And fun fun little fact about that book is that I read it first when I was in grade school. I checked it out from my like grade school library and this was pre-Amazon. <laughs> back in the day. So I, you couldn't find it anywhere. It was out of print. We went to like Walden Books in the mall to ask them if they had it. And of course they didn't. And so every single year when I was in grade school, I would go uh, in the first library visit of the year and check it out. And then I would keep it all year. And then they would tell me at the end of the year that I would not be able to move on to the next grade if I didn't return up a road slowly. Oh, So I would return it for the summer and then check it back out again when I started the next year. So when I graduated, my grade school librarian gave me a copy Mm -hmm. and I still have it. I still read it. It's like a comfort blanket.
0: What's it about? I need to know.
2: Okay. (laughs) It's about um, a young girl. I think she's like 10 at the start of the book and she gets sent to live with her aunt out in the country. She and her brother do and um, her mom has passed away. And so they they go live with this like school mom of an aunt who <laughs> runs like a one-room schoolhouse, and it's about kind of her childhood. It goes until she's like 17 or
0: 18. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Okay. What do you admire most about yourself?
2: Oh. I want to have a ready answer to this because I think. Yes, we should know what we admire about ourselves um I I would say my uh like my groundedness, my ability to like kind of be who I am, uh, but also my openness to the world. So
1: mm-hmm. yeah, very balanced, very admirable quality.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What is a saying you live by? Oh, I
2: for the last couple of years it has been this latin phrase that translates to um everything i own i carry with me everything that's mine everything that belongs to me i carry with me um and it really like sticks out to me as this idea of the things in my life are temporary right like this house that i love the people the work the accomplishment whatever it is like any of that can be taken from me and so what's the most important is myself my core self and um you know so so to me it's like kind of a, a reminder to like focus on myself like th- that sounds kind of bleak <laughs> when I describe it mm. but it it serves as a reminder to me that like it's the most important to be like a healthy, full version of myself and let everything else come out of that.
0: Oh, that's such a big life lesson to learn because we, in the materialistic consumerism world that we've got going on with social media and all that stuff, Mm -hmm. and that's so important to teach young girls too. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's like the hardest part that the next generation is coming up with is facing all of that and finding value in all of that rather than like finding value in- And what they have inside, Mm -hmm. but can you say it in Latin for us? It's uh well I'll butcher the
2: pronunciation I'm sure it's omnia mia porto mecum. Loved it. Mm -hmm.
1: Wow, also so insightful. I almost want to end it there, but I've got a couple more. what is the best piece
2: of advice you ever received? Oh, uh, want a friend, be a friend. So the idea that like, you know, I, it came up a lot in my 20s when we would, I was surrounded by young people. We worked with a lot of like college age, high school aged people. And there was always this like, you know, i no one loves me no one will be my friend no which is such a natural like I still feel that sometimes like I don't want to minimize that pain but that was the constant refrain and so it became this like kind of mantra of if you want a friend like go be a friend right because everybody else is feeling the same way so like go ask them to hang out go ask someone to get coffee like whatever whatever you want to do like there's probably someone who wants to do it with you so just ask and take that little brave step so so true. Okay.
1: Could you summarize what does it take to be a genuine gal?
2: <laughs> yeah. I think after this conversation the summary is like being knowing your authentic self, being brave enough to bring it to the table and allowing the people around you to do the same
1: of it I have chills
0: nailed
2: it wow this has
1: been so insightful Kate thank you so much for talking to us
2: well this was such a joy I love connecting with both of you so this was wonderful
0: yay well if you'd like to talk more to Kate or reach out to her with questions are you open to that Kate yeah I'm on Instagram okay there you go Okay. Well, everyone, thanks for joining us. And uh, ta-ta for now. We'll see you. uh, Well, this will probably come out in the new year, even though this is the last day of the year that we're recording this on. So Yeah, 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 happy new year. Happy new year. Okay. Bye. Bye. Hey, subscribe, rate us, and leave a review. Find us on Instagram, The Genuine Gals. Our website is thegenuinegals.com. We'd love to hear from you guys on, on what you think and honestly, what else you'd like to hear us talk about. So we'll catch you next week.